Hi, I'm Josh. I'm Ken. And I'm TJ. And this is Serious Film People, a very special episode of Serious Film People, where we're going to talk about the 2023 Academy Awards, 2022 movies, 2023 ceremony, a distinction I'm tired of making. (laughs) I think all of the episodes are special. I agree. Yeah, completely. But this is like special in the sense that like it's not part of a series. Mm-hmm. We just finished the 1975 series. We're about to start the 2007 series, which I think is going to be really, really good personally. But while, you know, the Oscars are this coming weekend, so let's, you know, the reason for the season, let's talk about them. What? Well, good with me. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. So we're going to go through, I guess, each category and just give our pick for the winner. Is that what, what the plan is? Uh, yeah, I intend to say what I think is going to win, not... This does not at all reflect what I would vote for. Retweets are not endorsements. Yes, this is just, this is for the Vegas heads. This is for the Howard Ratners out there. Although I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'll probably drop preference here and there. Not in every category, but. Well, that's foolish, Ken. Uh, that's foolish. Ken rides hard for Diane. Academy. Ken rides I'm, hard for Diane Warren. So we, we tried <laughs> to get true, that out of the, and every year he's I'm like, guys. And sometimes I'll even start singing the song in the middle of the thing. And we're like, Ken, j- enough with the Diane Warren. I am God. calling it right now. I'm, I'm calling All it. 80 for Brady gets an Oscar nomination buddy. next year. For original song. Just saying, Diane Warren, <laughs> she's got her hands all over that movie. Did she write a song for... She for did, me? and she's got... Look it up. She's got a, like a she's got a, an outrageous number of big-name singers singing the song for the movie. It's nuts. There's no reason why it's like it won't be It's like a Feed the World thing, but it's... Yeah. <laughs> Led by Dolly Parton. I'm, you know she wrote that? She wrote I Don't Want to Miss a Thing? She Yes. Aerosmith's only number one hit. Did not win an Oscar, though. Did she also write the scene with the animal crackers? That's what I was just about to say. It's the only scene that I think of when I think of that song. I think of uh, Steve Buscemi's space craziness. What's it called again? Um, space dementia. Everyone space knows about dementia. space dementia. Yeah, that's right. It's Buscemi, right? Who gets it? Or is it yeah. Fickner? Oh, yes, no, no. It's, yep. it's Fickner oh, that delivers the line, he's got space dementia. <laughs> what a picture. What a picture. Uh, five writers. Five writers on that. Um, including Tony Gilroy. And J.J. Abrams. Uh, stay tuned for our Michael Clayton episode, speaking of Tony Gilroy, coming up in our 2007 series. Not to mention that the cast has two Academy Award winning screenwriters, Billy Bob Thornton and then Correct. Ben Affleck. Also, Correct. Owen Wilson, an Academy Award nominated screenwriter. That's right. For, and for, you uh, still Russia. get space None dementia. Royal Tenenbaums. Tenenbaums. We are not here to discuss... Michael Bay's 1998 masterpiece, Armageddon, and the weird Oscar talent on camera in that movie. But, but if you would like it, please email us requests because I, I watch that every 4th of July. And I've got like four hours of notes on it. That'll be a TJ solo pod. Uh, the the Armageddon episode. I'll even do voices. I can interview Owen Wilson while I'm doing it. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, what's our first category? <laughs> uh, it's It goes over to you, Josh. Okay, real quick, before we get to that, I think that little thing was better than most of the host monologues have. Just throwing that out there. Um, At the Academy Awards? Yeah. That, that little mo- yeah. Okay. Uh, Josh, that, it goes to you for live action short. Okay. Um, so the short films are currently playing in Los Angeles. I have not gone to see them yet because I had surgery a week and a half ago and was on bed rest until like three days ago. So that's my excuse. You're <laughs> thrilled though you're back with us. Excuses. That's... Excuses. How hard well, is it to watch a movie, Josh? Jesus Christ. Thank you, Ken. And shut up, TJ. That's what I say to both of those things. Uh, so for uh, best live action short film, I'm just, uh, I've not seen any of these. I'm going uh, based on what the people who make predictions say and also a little bit just based on vibes and uh in the spirit of that i'm going with an irish goodbye mm. i think it could be a oh. big night for ireland at the academy awards oh that's, what that's with, a tease what with inna sheeran and actually <laughs> i actually don't have inna sheeran winning much spoiler but i'm gonna go with ireland's gonna get their due with irish goodbye in live action short I, irish could pop up we, we could have a discussion in another category that's not inna sheeran too later so oh uh not not that that's i think true. it'll go anywhere that's true um Live action short. I actually, of, of all of them, I have seen all of the live action shorts. Uh, and Irish Good- Goodbye was actually my favorite. It was nice. hysterical. Um, but I'm predicting La Pupide, um from um, Alfonso Cuaron, um, is wait, the producer behind he, wait, that film. Wait, that's him? 
Yeah. Oh crap. He's a producer. He's a producer on it. He he's a producer. It. Yeah. But he it, it's it's think of it like Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. He's it's Quaron really pushing pushing it. And but del Toro it is, directed Pinocchio, didn't he? No, he didn't. Oh right? yes, it was Mark. It was, well with with Mark Gustafson yeah. was the oh, okay. yeah was the animated direct animation director. Um, I but, think that movie was going to come up again later in this discussion. By the um, way, but, but continue. Uh, yeah, this that one uh, I'm predicting it to win. It's currently streaming on Disney, so people can access it. Um, and yeah, if it wins, Quaron gets another Oscar. I think that's currently just the default pick here. I'll also go with that one. I've seen three of the five of these. I haven't seen Irish Goodbye or Red Suitcase. Um, of the three that I've seen, that was my favorite one. Also, I think there's like a group that really likes Alice Rohrbacher. Uh, she made a film called Happy as Lazaro that Martin Scorsese uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. was big for. Uh, it's on and Netflix. Yeah, it's a bit of a longer film, uh, longer short film. It's like 39 minutes, the pupil is, but it was pretty delightful and um, kind of innovative in voice and technique. So that's going to be my prediction. Josh, what do you have? Or sorry, Ken, animated chart. That's how we say it in the Midwest, chart. That's right. <laughs> animated chart, yeah. Oh, it's, it's hot out. You should wear some charts. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, with uh, the little British film, The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse, which is kind of a, a kind of a surprising or shocking uh, group of uh, prominent voice actors or just actors voicing the characters. Um, knew nothing about this. It's definitely on the longer end. It is. It is about I want to say 30, 35 minutes. I could be wrong. I, I could be off by a few minutes, but it's definitely longer than all of the other animated shorts. Um, I'm going with that one, though. It's got name recognition. It's got, I think, name poll. That would also be my pick. Um, I liked that one. It's it's a bit long and kind of slow, but it gives me some Winnie the Pooh vibes in it. And, it does. And it also is an Apple product, and Apple is good at winning Oscars right now. So that's my choice as well. Not a great title, that one. I will just throw out, it is not my favorite of the group. For that, uh, I, I actually have to go with probably my favorite title, which is uh, My Year of Dicks. The fact that there is a short nominated for the Academy Awards entitled My Year of Dicks. Really fun to hear Riz Ahmed say that at the uh, Academy Award nomination. Uh, it got a it got a great laugh. Great reaction from the room. I haven't seen any of these, but go ahead and sweep it. The boy, the mall, the fox, and the horse. Just That's what everybody says is going to win. So that's going to say he's going to win. So cool. sweep it. All right. Over to the documentary short films. Um, it's The Elephant Whispers, Haul Out, How Do You Measure a Year, The Martha, Martha Mitchell Effect, and Stranger at the Gate. My personal favorite was Haul Out, but I think Stranger at the Gate wins. It's a story about, let's just say, how do I go about this? White supremacy turning from hatred to love by exposure to a community. And I think it's inspiring, and I think that will win the hearts of millions across this nation. I have to preface that these shorts are always the categories people get get screwed over on in their their Oscar pools. So it really could be any of these. I'm gonna go with the elephant whispers. I think that's the I think that's the odds on favorite at the moment. And it might just be because it's the most accessible or one of the most accessible over on Netflix, along with the the Martha Mitchell uh, effect. I'm also going to go with The Elephant Whisperers just because, as Ken kind of alluded, that's the odds on favorite at the moment. So I'm going to go with that. So it's going to also like, you know, it's giving me uh, Octopus Teacher vibes. Yes. Elephant Whisperer, Octopus Teacher. Mm. Never seen either one. So I have no idea if that's an app comparison. But, you know, the tiles are kind of similar. So let's go with it. Elephant Whisperer. It's a sweet short. It's a, it's a cute short. It's not as it's not as heavy or as dark as uh, some of the others. It's also kind of a feel good, relatively speaking. All right, Josh, tell us about the costumes. Best achievement in costume design. Uh, so speaking of the odds on favorite, the odds on favorite, I believe... Is Black Panther, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Ruth E. Carter, who won in this category for Black Panther four years ago. I'm not going with a favorite. I'm instead going with Elvis. Elvis. Who, who even did the costumes in Elvis? Who, who was it? Catherine Martin, Offhand? the okay. wife slash partner of Baz Luhrmann, who has won this award previously for The Great Gatsby and I was say, Moulin Rouge. She has won. But, not the Catherine Martin who is kidnapped by Buffalo Bill and Sansa Lambs. Different Catherine Martin. Correct. Catherine Martin! Was she a great big fat person? <laughs> a different Catherine Martin for costuming for Elvis. I think Elvis has a lot of uh, Academy love, and I think they're going to reward it where they can. So I'm going to go with Elvis here over Wakanda Forever. Because, again, Ruthie Carter just won this for the first movie That's correct. You know, in this series. So I'm, I'm going with Elvis. 
Kenny? I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, Black Panther. I'm sticking with Ruthie Carter. Um, as, as TJ pointed out, I think the winner is going to be one of these two. They're both previous Oscar winners. Ruthie Carter has won for Black Panther. Um, and she seems to be very well liked. Um, among costume designers, there aren't very many costume designers that seem to pal around with the big names in the business. Uh, but Ruthie Carter is celebrated. So I think she might have the sled edge. I will grant you, though, that the odds are much closer in this category than they probably were about six months ago. Also, costumes are usually pretty hard to predict. I think that like the favorite often loses, but I mean, that's just, I don't know. TJ, who do you got? Yeah, I think if I voted, I'd vote for Black Panther because just the whole mise-en-scene of that is pretty awesome. But I'm going to predict Elvis. Um, quick shout out to Jeannie Bevan, who did Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. I haven't seen the movie, but do love that lady. She did the Mad Max Fury Road costumes and wore a pretty f***ing cool, like, bejeweled de- jacket there. So I have seen uh, I have seen Mrs. Harris. Uh, Leslie Mandel, by the way, is just absolutely adorable in the film. The the costumes, I'd have nominated the Mrs. Mrs. Harris. I'd, I'd have nominated uh, Bevan's. Real quick. Uh, I also want to protest this category because the sweaters and Banshee's Vinishiran were not nominated, and that is a travesty and a disgrace. It, show me better costumes in, in the history of films than these sweaters and the Banshee's Vinishiran. They are sweaters that you really, really want to put on. They, you just want to snuggle up in them and, and just, you know, sit back and... Ireland! What's yeah. next? Production design. Kenny. Production design. I uh, See, so this will be this will be interesting because... I'm betting this film is going to win a couple, despite the fact that I feel like it's been flying under the radar all season, and that's Babylon. Yeah, I recently switched my pick to Babylon because I think I won the BAFTA for this. There's a there's a weird correlation often between visual effects and production design, and so I was really tempted to go with Abada, the way of water, <laughs> but instead I'm going with Babylon. Uh, I'm also going with Babylon. It is the current odds on favorite per Vegas, but Way of Water is not far behind it. And Ken, to your point, uh, I saw Babylon in theaters and loved right? it. Yeah. And it just hit Paramount Plus, like I think a week or so ago. And I watched the first two thirds. I'll tell you what's a great movie. Babylon. Yeah. That I, movie fucking rules. I, and I know really that TJ it. doesn't like it as much, but man, that movie is awesome. Love it. Quick shout out there. Uh, Catherine Martin's nominated again for production designing Elvis. Which did production design and the costume. yeah yeah I won't be surprised if Easy. like Elvis like sneaks in and just like takes a bunch of blow the line stuff. It'd be a we'll snow see. job. <laughs> okay, All right, next? next makeup and hair. Makeup and hair. The nominees here are All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, and The Whale. This is a closer category than I think you probably would suspect. I'm going to go with Elvis for the strict purpose of that doesn't make any sense. Um, there tends to be a like one of the lead actor, whoever wins the lead actor thing, the makeup goes with them, which is an argument you could make for the whale winning. Um, mm. Mark Coulier's won before he did the makeup for the Grand Budapest Hotel. I'm sorry. I thought the makeup in the whale looked kind of weird. Um, I was like, is that a visual effect? What's going on there? But anyway, so I'm going with Elvis. I'll be honest, I'm also going with Elvis, although we'll get to it later. I'm um, I'm trying to split hairs here because we, we'll discuss it more later. I think you're correct. The makeup category, it does tend to go with one of the lead actor or actress. Uh, not, not all that infrequently the winner, as you're suggesting. So we'll see uh, if this category is swept up maybe with voters. I'm also going to go with Elvis, but I'm very tempted to pick the whale, TJ, as you kind of alluded. Uh, Vegas has them neck and neck, pretty much. Elvis, the slightest edge uh, in the Vegas odds. But uh, as I just mentioned, I think that the Elvis has a lot of Academy love, so I think they're going to get it. Quick shout out. If I was voting, I would have voted for the Batman because of mm. the way they made Colin Farrell look. But also, holy you, crap, dude. Yeah. If you watch crap. the outtake scene, I know it doesn't really count, but the Joker makeup on Barry Keegan is disturbing. Yeah. It's really it good is. stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I still like I've seen them. Uh, I've seen the process of them applying the penguin makeup to Colin Farrell. And I still I cannot see him. No, you can't I see can't him see him. The, in I see that Richard Kind. It's weird. I know. Yes. Richard, that's yeah, exactly, exactly right. <laughs> um, you're right. Yeah. The penguin makeup is is some of the best I've ever seen. Honestly, it's, it's crazy. As opposed to the 
kernels make up in Elvis is what you're saying. That's I think well, the, I mean, that's the dichotomy here. That's, that's who I'm picking. That's who I'm picking. Uh-huh. Um, all right, but Josh, tell us about original score music. Um, I'm uh, going with Babylon again, even though uh, All Quiet on the Western Front is right there. And All Quiet on the Western Front is a pretty interesting score. I believe they were inspired by Led Zeppelin anachronistically for that score. Uh, it's very synth heavy, despite taking place in like 1918. Um, even so, I'm going with Babylon. Uh, I think it's a great score, even though Justin Hurwitz won in this category for La La Land, I think, a yep. few years ago. Is that right? Yep. Um, you you guys aren't really on TikTok as much as I am, but the Babylon score is all over TikTok. The, really? the, the youths love the Babylon score. Oh. It is a. It's is a, it it because is it's the same score. score from La La Land? Is that why? It is very. I noticed that it's very similar to La La Land. I think it's better though. Oh. And also, I think I like Babylon more than La La Land. So, I was going to say uh, it complements the film. I think better yeah. than La La Land. And it's extremely catchy. Holy crap! It's so catchy. And I think there's like I think there's a little bit more to it than Aquat on the Western Front score. Uh, not that that matters to the Academy in any meaningful way. But I'm going with Babylon. Okay. I'm uh, I'm going to second Josh here in this one. I'm also going with Babylon. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, this is this is the, the I think it's going to pick up a couple Oscars, and I think these are the two categories. I mentioned production design earlier, and I think uh, I think Hurwitz walks away with another Oscar for score here. But uh, all quiet, I would not be surprised seeing that one eke out the win. I'm going to go with all quiet on the Western Front. Um, one day, Carter Burwell will win an Oscar for score. Yes, for yes. having made yes. a ton yes. of brilliant, subtle scores that suit their films so well you barely notice them. But, I love his Banshee score. I love it. But yeah, I love but, his adaptation alas. score. I love his Serious Man score. Farg- I love his, Fargo. His Fargo. Oh my God. Oh, his, his Fargo, Fargo score is one of the best ever. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I will be going with Varkle Bertelsmann for All Quiet on the Western Front. I believe they used Carter Burwell's Fargo score when uh, Roger Ebert eulogized Gene Siskel on oh. the movies. I wow. believe they played that below it. Um, I believe, actually, also, I'm looking at the Vegas odds, at least one site that shows Vegas odds. That is the one category they're not offering odds for at the moment, is best original score. So it must be close between All Quiet and Babylon. Ken, to your favorite category now, please tell us about your love of Diane Warren over in the music original song. Sorry, Academy Award. Times you stood um, Academy me. Award honoree, Diane Warren. You were my eyes when I'm I could I'm rolling my see. eyes. Um, the, the woman just won't go away. <laughs> Uh, I'm I am not going with Diane Warren. I would I would bet everything I own against her at this point. Um, I'm going to go with uh, not to not to from RRR. It's not my favorite of this category. I'd rather honestly. I think I I just I'm not wild about the movie, and I think this song is a little too simple. Um, I I really liked Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick, and really liked. Its usage in the film, yet I think I think Natu Natu is gonna probably end up winning it. I'm also going with Natu Natu, and uh, they had a screening of RRR at uh, the TCL Chinese Theater here in Los Angeles a month or two ago on like a very very rainy night in LA, and it was a sold out packed house. And I was not there, but I saw videos from people who were there. And during the scene when this song plays, uh, a group of about twenty or so gentlemen got up went down to the front of the theater and did the dance along with the guys on screen. So this has a lot of support. Wow. The, the, our, our army is out in full force. And wow. I think this will win Best Original Song, as it did at the Globes, I believe. Right? Yes, yeah. the that, that's the first, that was the first big, I think, surprise of the year for this kind of category. And that's like, before that RRR popped up and was gaining traction really throughout December, I guess. No one expected it to actually pull off a big win, but it knocked out. It beat what, it beat, uh, both uh, uh, Lady Gaga, Rihanna, and Taylor Swift were all nominated at the Globes. Well, I don't think Mitski was nominated at the Globes. Mitski's nominated at the, uh, the right, yeah, but but at the Globes, it they managed to pull off the win over um, three three big time. The, the Swifties uh, music stars. were very upset at the Globes on on Twitter at least because um, they were like, "What's this RRR movie? I bet it sucks." It's, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> if the RR army is out, they might start a Diane War in in this category. Yeah. <sighs> The answer is 45 seconds. I've been sitting on that one. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm picking Hold My Hand um, I like because it. I hear it on the radio I like it. and it, I hear it at the gym. So I think people listen to it. It's anthemic. 
None of these songs are very good. I think watch out for the Black Panther one because Rihanna's back in a big way. And also look at the other people you get to give awards to there. Rihanna, Ludwig Goranson, and Ryan Coogler. Ludwig Goranson, who won Best Provincial Score for Black Panther. Ryan Coogler, who has not won an Oscar, nor has Rihanna. Quick shout out. It's a garbage song, but my boy David Byrne is nominated um, for This Is A Life and will be performing at the Oscars, which is great. It almost, almost entices me to watch. Mitski will not be performing her song from Everything Everywhere All at Once, the Oscars. It was announced earlier today. Also, Lady Gaga, previous winner in this category, by the way, for uh, A Star Is Born. Yeah, and I, I think that's I like I, I already I've already said Hold My Hand would be my preferred pick of all of these, even though I love David Byrne uh, as well. I think though that if if there's going if it's not if it's probably between Natu Natu and Rihanna would be my guess at this point. Uh, so over to sound. Here are the nominees. All Quiet on the Western Front, Abada, The Way of Water, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun Maverick. I uh, Quick thing, Andy Nelson is nominated for both The Batman and Elvis. So way to, way to double your odds of taking home gold, Andy. Andy Nelson, two first names? Yeah. yeah. Two first and names. there's an Al Nelson that did sound on Top Gun. The Nelson clan is just coming out strong here. I will be going with Top Gun Maverick for this. And to show my cards, this often goes with editing as well. So um, that's my reason for that choice. I'm also going with Top Gun Maverick. No real reason besides I just think it's going to win. Uh, I'm just going to round it out. I'm also going with Top Gun Maverick, so we're all uh, yeah. we're all in agreement. So that that seems to be the favorite, at least at least here at Serious Film People. And I I don't know about the odds. Josh, do you have a take on what the odds favorite in this category is? Uh, current favorite is Top Gun Maverick, followed by All Quiet on the Western Front, but it's not particularly close. Maverick's got a pretty good edge, Vegas wise. Cool. Yeah. Josh, can you tell us about uh, Cinematography? What a weird category this year. It's just uh, <laughs> so, some movies you weren't expecting to see and some omissions that you were expecting to see. Uh, nominees are uh, All Quiet on the Western Front, James Fr- Friend, Friend? Uh, Elvis, Mandy Walker, Empire of Light, <laughs> Roger Deakins. Well, it's Deakins. Uh, I know, yeah. Uh, Tar, Florian Ho- Hoffmeister, and uh, Bardo, Foss Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Darius Kanji. I'm just going to go with the... Uh, actually, what did I go with here? Give me a second. <laughs> yeah, I'm going with uh, the pretty heavy favorite in Vegas right now, which is uh, All Quiet on Western Front. I second that choice. Um, where's the Batman? But Great question. Yeah, Greg Frazier. One last year. We'll probably win next year. Whatever. Greg Frazier won the Oscar last year, I think in no small part because the Batman was currently in theaters when mm. voting was happening for the Academy Awards. Last I'm just saying... The I mean, he won, he won for Dune. But yeah, the textures in that guy's movies are insane. They are, and he de- he did yeah. deserve it for Dune. Let's be honest; it certainly didn't didn't hurt him that the Batman happened to be out. Um, I'm also I'm gonna th- I'm gonna I guess third this will also go uh, all quiet on the Western Front. Um, yeah, it is a weird group. I, the only one of these that I haven't seen yet is Empire of of Light, which um, uh, Deacon's. Same- is- Deacons yeah. is my boy. Um, that's the only reason I think at this point I would watch that movie. Um, but two movie, two movies in this category where it's their only nomination: cinematography, yeah. Bardo, Bardo, and, and Empire and, of Light. Mm, yeah, both. I, I will. I haven't seen Empire of Light, but I trust Deacons. I did see Bardo. It is fantastic cinematography. It was just a little surprising because it had been on no one's radar. Kenny, tell us about visual effects. Oh, visual effects. This this is a. Uh, this is a category where usually everyone's favorite films in a given year are uh, are available and nominated here. Um, this year we've got Avatar, The Way of Water, because of course that's pretty much what this category was built for. We have All Quiet on the Western Front. We've got The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and of course Top Gun Maverick. I'm going to stick with Avatar, The Way of Water. It's really hard for me to see anything beating it i had top gun maverick as a prediction for a long time until i actually finally got up off my ass and went to the theater to see avatar and 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 then sat on your ass for three hours and 12 minutes (laughs) and yeah i I did not leave the feel i did not leave the the theater feeling uh, all that great about the movie but it it does it does look impressive particularly on a big screen 
That's the understatement of the goddamn century. <laughs> Do you think he called it the way of water because everybody has to pee during it? <laughs> oh, just, you know. I think he called it the way of water because Big Jim's a, a, a known wethead. He loves the goddamn ocean more than anything. Yeah, I'm well, gonna reserve my. He loves himself more than anything. The ocean we, second. Yeah, but, we we have uh, got we've got we're gonna we're gonna tackle uh we're gonna tackle a year with Jim at some point in the coming uh soon if I have my way very if, soon well, if I have it, my way then we'll we'll talk we'll get into it because yeah. I've got comments about about old Jimmy. I'm also taking the way of water, which we never debriefed about it. I loved this movie. I thought it was awesome. And the visuals were incredible. I saw it in, in IMAX 3D. I had a great, great freaking time at the movies. And uh, it was great. Can't wait for part three. This is where the audience can pause while TJ and, jo- TJ and I take Josh out back and beat him. I, I haven't said, I can't comment. I have no opinion. Shut I haven't up. seen it yet. Um, but I love, I, I love whales. So I can't wait. <laughs> real quick, real quick. You heard it here first. Avatar 3 is winning best picture. No, right. it won't. Well, because right. write it down. Look at look at look at how the Oscars treated the first Avatar and how they're treating the second Avatar, and look at how they treated the Fellowship of the Ring and the Two Towers. Oh, don't compare. Let's not do this. Not now. But also, look, there were look only at the three Oscar nominations those, and wins. Look at the Oscar nominations and wins for Avatar and Avatar Two Except and Fellowship of the Ring and the Two Return Towers. The Return wow. of the if King. You guys are wrapped, going to continue this. You must say it in Navi from now on. The, the Return okay. of the King wrapped up a trilogy. Avatar three is the third in what? There's five at least. No, Get- no, 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 no. Avatar three is by all accounts going to have like an ending, ending, and four and five are like either a bit of a reset or like a tangent in the same universe. But three will be mm. an ending. Okay, well the stories are, and it's going to win best picture. You'll hear, mm. you heard it here first. Mm. TJ, who you got? Oh, I said Avatar. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, that's I actually I don't know if I did or not. If I just practiced it in my head, but Avatar. Um, all anybody talked about with that, even when people said they didn't really like the story or whatever, they were like, but it looked great. So I think that's just it. Um, but I'm going to, uh, edit over to editing here and our nom. It really wasn't. I tried, but, uh, I know it wasn't. I was being pedantic, sarcastic, whatever I was being. (laughs) You were using verbal irony. Uh, the nominees are Banshees of Inishirin, uh, Elvis. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Tar and Top Gun Maverick. I believe that Top Gun Maverick will win this. Um, we got you got former winner Mikhail E. G. Nielsen nominated for Banshees of Inisherin. He won for editing Sound of Metal, but I think it's going to be Top Gun God, Maverick. What a great here. picture! Sound of Metal fucking rules. It does it holds out too? On a rewatch, it. Ken, who you got editing? Uh, I'm going, I, I would choose Top Gun Maverick, but I'm going with everything all at once. I actually changed my my vote within the last week. I think this is one of those categories, editing in particular, it's not infrequent that if it diverges from sound, it often will go with whatever wins best picture and everything everywhere all at once is building steam as we come down the, mm-hmm. the, the, the final stretch here. So I switched over to everything everywhere all at once. Um, to pull this one out. Current Vegas odds, the favorite is everything ever all at once, but not by much. Uh, right behind it is Top Gun Maverick, and I'm going with Top Gun Maverick. But can I agree that that, that might win? I'm not very confident here. I'm kind of just going with my gut. Uh, Josh, international feature film. This is just the easiest, probably the easiest one of the night. This and Best Supporting Actor are probably the two biggest locks in the night, I think. Um, okay, remember when Pan's Labyrinth didn't win international feature, though? Was that nominated for Best Picture? Uh, not when there were five nominees, no. There it you was go. not. Here's a good rule of thumb. When you're choosing your international feature winner, pick the one that's nominated for Best Picture, and that's usually going to be your answer. One would think so. Usually, um, yeah. One would think so. It's a good, it's a ever, good, default, it's a good default to live by. Has that. it ever not, not worked out, TJ? Well, I'm just saying, likely Pan's Labyrinth would have been nominated for Best Picture in 2006 if there were 10 nominees. Proving my point. So I'm going with All Quiet on the Western Front, which is, uh, at least per the Vegas as I'm looking at right now, the biggest lock of the night. I'm also going to pick great movie. All Quiet on the Western Front. I've seen all of these except for Close and The Quiet Girl. Same. Uh, I, I'm missing those two because, God, God help us, I wish they'd make it you know easier to see the films that are nominated. Um, I think the, I don't even think the Quiet Girl is uh, out in American theaters yet. Uh, so it was just apparently screened in L.A. and New York. 
and I'm going to go to a proper city there, flyover state guy. <sighs> I'm in Chicago. I'm in the, I'm in Chicago. Yeah, uh, we got state. we get all this we get all this crap. Um, Except you didn't get the quiet girl. Yeah, we so didn't the quiet I guess girl. You didn't get it. Did, uh, you, did you see is, the quiet girl, Josh? Of course not. I have better <laughs> shit to do. Oh, so you 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 have it available? You just chose not to. I guess so. Okay, but <laughs> it's again, as you were. <laughs> this is this is that's the other that's the other Irish nominee, by the way, for the evening. Um, the big surprise here in the category because I wasn't even familiar with the film before the nominations. I'm going with All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, although, where the hell is decision to leave here? Someone explained to me. Not nominated. That's I think it is. made a decision to leave. <laughs> ah. Real quick, uh, I watched EO over the weekend. EO rules. Um, it is It is a very good film. Ken, animated feature. Animated feature? Yes. I'm going with Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. It's I mean, I think this is as close to a lock at this point, probably. Marcel, Marcel, the show with shoes is adorable. It's it's actually well made, much better than I expected it to be. But uh, yeah, we're going. I'm going to go Del Toro's Pinocchio. Uh, I will also go with Del Toro's Pinocchio. I did really like Marcel the show. I thought Puss in Boots was pretty good. Not like winner good, but pretty good. Um, sea Beast is decent. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a surprisingly turning red is hot garbage, but whatever. I apologize. I, mis- I misspoke earlier. I said that All Quiet on the Western Front winning Best International Feature was the biggest lock of the night per Vegas. That's actually not true. This is the biggest lock of the night per Vegas. Uh, Pinocchio is minus 5,000 and All Quiet on the Western Front is minus 3,000. So like effectively, they're basically the same. That's like no effective difference. But Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio sweep it for sure. Let's be honest. They just can't get you. You can't get enough of Guillermo del Toro if he's got an opportunity to get on stage. Everyone wants to see Guillermo. Everyone loves that guy. Like, yeah. Everyone loves that guy. Great campaigner. Fun to talk to. Apparently the nicest guy you'll you'll ever meet. And so. he hustles. He was at the the yeah. he was at the PGA ceremony. He mm-hmm. received the award in this category and then raced over to UCLA to attend the Annie Awards, where he presented an award and then won a bunch for this movie. And he was really, really happy. Getting from Hollywood to Westwood's no small feat either. Good for him documentary feature film we've got all that breathes all the beauty and the bloodshed fire of love a house made of splinters and navalny this was a late change for me because i heard that the highest acclaimed one is all the beauty and the bloodshed it's got previous winner laura poitras attached who made citizen four um everybody loves fire of love except me and then there's a late break going for Navalny, and Navalny's been available on HBO Max. Uh, I'm going with Navalny. I also think it lets them just go, f*** you, Putin. I'm going to second your pick. I also had, uh, for a long time, I had Fire of Love, which I, I really love. I did love. I'm I'm apparently one of the people DJ's referring to. I loved Fire of Love. I thought All the Beauty and the Bloodshed was the favorite. It won uh, at Venice uh, this mm. year. Won the Venice Film Festival, won the Golden yeah. Lion. I thought that was going to be the lock here. But yeah, Navalny is coming on really strong some, I don't know, nine or ten months after it debuted on HBO Max. Yeah, uh, I'm also going with Navalny. And it, only because it, it, it won the BAFTA Best Documentary. It won the PGA Award Best Documentary. So like, I guess all signs are pointing to that. But um, I hadn't heard of this until fairly recently. And like, I've at least heard of Fire Flow because like you said, it, it made a splash at Venice. And I've, I've heard of all the beating and bloodshed because it's, you know, the, the Sacklers. And actually, if you watched uh, Dope Sick in, in one of the last episodes, like the stunt that, um, uh, what's this woman's name? All the beating and bloodshed? Nan Golden. Nan Golden. Uh, the stunt that Nan Golden did at, uh, was it the MoMA or whatever, wherever she did it, uh, that's featured in an episode of Dope Sick. And it's kind of the centerpiece oh. of this documentary as well so again like i've heard it's it's rare that i've like heard of multiple of these movies before the nominations are announced and neither one is my pick so i'm going with the uh, the one that seems to be one of the precursors uh navalny cool uh while you're at it josh tell us about actor in a supporting role uh you're giving me all the locks uh kiko Kwan. <laughs> yeah everything i've ever at once he won he gave a great freaking speech at the golden globes like my favorite speech so far of award season um he won the SAG Award this past weekend. He did not win the BAFTA, but uh, I don't care. I think this is pretty locky lock. I think people want to see him give another speech, and he's got a great story, and he's great in the movie. So, I'm uh, I'm also going to go with Short Round here. I think uh, he's been he's been really really popular at all the award shows. Mm-hmm. Um, people just love seeing him. 
be ecstatic to be back and working. Well, let's just hope for his sake he actually does keep working. They need to offer him some roles. Uh, I'll also go with Quan. Um, I thought early on this was going to be the Brendan Gleeson show, but it's not. Someday. Um, yeah. So I think Quan will win also because he's kind of a lead in that movie. He's in that movie a lot, a lot of screen time. Um, not sure what Judd Hirsch is doing in this category, but if I was voting, yeah. I would vote for... Over Paul Dano, too. What I'd, the hell? I'd vote for Barry Keegan if I was voting in this category. He's so good. He's so good. He yeah. is excellent. I think I'd, 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 I'd probably lean... I might lean Gleason. I don't know. But I, if, if for no other reason, Gleason just looks ready to give a speech that I think we would all love. He just, like, like Quan, is so happy to just be hanging out and, and be recognized and just to be savoring the moment. So um, shout out to Brendan Gleason here. He's not going to win, but uh, I think we'd probably see a really special moment if he did. And I think Barry Keegan will be back. He's still very young and quite talented. Uh, Ken, actress in a supporting role. I'm going to go with Angela Bassett, despite the fact that my personal favorite would be Carrie Condon. Um, Bassett, uh, she's been winning most things up until this past weekend. The SAG Award was a surprise win for Jamie Lee Curtis, but I'm sticking with Bassett for now. I think that's probably a good choice. After all, she did the thing. But uh, this will probably be it'll probably be a um, lifetime achievement sort of nod as well. Uh, she's beloved and hasn't won before. I'm gonna go with Carrie Condon to win this. Um, I think she's, in a lot of ways, part of the beating heart of Banshees of Inishirin. I don't have Banshees, I don't think, winning much. So I think that that's a place where she could win. And again, lots of screen time. I think she has the most screen time out of the five of these. And she just won the BAFTA a couple yep. weekends ago too, right, Carrie Condon? Mm-hmm. That's correct, yep. Uh, I'm also, after much liberation, um, going to go with um, Angela Bassett. She did the thing. Uh, this is tough, though, because uh, Jamie Lee Curtis just won the SAG Award like last night, I think, as we're recording this. Yes, she just. Yeah, exactly. Last night. And I tell you, if you watch, if you, you go on YouTube, I'm sure and find it that that audience, that crowd was behind her. Well, that's also a Lifetime Achievement Award, which much like Angela Bassett's will be, I think. Um, I, I mean, honestly, the supporting actress in that movie that I prefer was Stephanie, Stephanie Sue over over Jamie Lee Curtis personally. But um, I'm looking at the. SAG Award for Best Supporting Actress, they don't miss very often. In fact, the only time in the last like 15 years they did not match up with the Oscars was the year that they inexplicably did not nominate Regina King, Ugh. the year that she won. Yeah. So uh, I'm nervous breaking with SAG, but I, I guess they're due for a miss. I'm going to just, against my better judgment, going with Angela Bassett. Uh, for the record, Vegas has Jamie Lee Curtis, the slightest, slightest edge over Angela Bassett. Really? And Carrie, Con- Carrie Condon's not far behind. Oh. Yeah. Uh, supporting actress Jamie Lee Curtis is plus 125. Angela Bassett's plus 130. So they are effectively neck and neck. And then Carrie Condon's plus 275 to those who know what that means. All right. So best adapted screenplay. The nominees are All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Living, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. Um. I think the smart money here is on women talking. However, I think that people love All Quiet on the Western Front. Women talking only got two nominations, so I'm going to go with All Quiet on the Western Front here. I have a preference for uh, making my money work for me, so I'm going to stick with women talking. It's actually a really, really, really well done script, I think. Um, And it's an opportunity for them to recognize Sarah Polly. Who Ooh, I love, by the way. I haven't seen Woman Talking, but Sarah Polly is has a place in my heart. She's fantastic. And this is an opportunity to see her on stage being recognized. Something we haven't really seen at all, given despite what she's accomplished. The, the few films she has are fanta- are great. They're, they're really, really special movies. And uh, yeah. this will be one opportunity to see her on stage in front of a big audience. It's interesting you say that because I, I hadn't considered that aspect, but Sarah Polly is also an actress. Yep. And I'm sure she's got some friends in the Academy because there's a lot of actors in the Academy. So that might actually might help women talking a little bit. I'm also timidly going with women talking, uh, which is the slight favorite at the moment. I saw this and I did not enjoy this uh, as much as I thought I would. Um, this this movie seems like my kind of thing. And I just 
Um, it's maybe not what, what I was expecting. Maybe that was the issue. I, my, um, my point is, I haven't seen it. I'm looking forward to seeing it, but it doesn't seem like a movie you'd walk away and be like, I really enjoyed that. It's something you'd like appreciate or. Well, I mean, like I like I often do enjoy downer bummer movies. Um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, just because I keep report, reporting Vegas odds, might as well report this one too. Uh, Women Talking is a slight favorite. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front is very, very close behind it, though. And um, honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I only have All Quiet on the Western Front winning two. And that just doesn't sound right to me. It seems like it's going to win more than two. But uh, I'm just going to go with Women Talking. Uh, Quick shout out also to Kazuo Ishiguro, um, who's nominated for Living. He's mm-hmm. probably one of the great living novelists in the world right now. Um, and Living Living is a is a very good film. It has no business being as good, I think, as it is. Um, given the fact that it's a remake of a classic from Akira Kurosawa, it it really is a, a lovely little movie and um, props to him and his, and his screenplay. Also, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Stories We Tell by Sarah Polly, she should have won an Oscar already for Stories We Tell, but I don't think she was even nominated. Um, Josh, other script one. Uh, best original screenplay, uh, one of my favorite categories every year. Uh, who are the nominees? Do you, do you have the nominees in front of you? Can you list them off for me? The Banshees of Inishirin, written by Martin McDonough. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, written by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. The Fablemans, written by Steven Spielberg and Tony Kushner. Tar, written by Todd Field. Triangle of Sadness, written by Ruben Ostlund. I'll tell you what, I love all five of these movies, man. I really do. These are five five great ones. Uh, I, I think I, I Vegas, the site that I'm using, is not currently giving odds in this category. Uh, so I guess they're not giving odds on more categories than I thought. Um, last I saw, though, Banshees was the favorite here. Uh, my beloved Mark McDonough, who's honestly one of my favorite filmmakers. Um, I'm going to go with everything everywhere all at once, though, just because I think that picture and screenplay line up so often. And spoiler alert, I think everything everywhere is winning best picture. I think what you have to go back to the shape of water to the last best picture winner that didn't also win its screenplay or am I... I think yeah. that's correct. That's mm-hmm. actually, now that you mentioned that, not as far back as I was expecting to have to go. But but before that, I think you're going back to like Titanic. Gladiator. Shape of Water. Gladiator. Yeah, Gladi- oh, okay. Gladiator. Right. Or, uh, yeah, Gladiator. Yeah, um, Gladiator. Did a Beautiful Mind, no, Beautiful Mind did not either, did it? I think Akiva it, won. Yeah, Akiva won. Yeah, it did. Yeah, okay. Chicago. Chicago. Okay, there you go. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah. So, which, is only, which is two years after Gladiator. Yeah. And only five years after Titanic. Um, I think, ta- was it, screenplay not nominated for Titanic is that what I'm thinking of it might not have been it nominated either be. way it the, my point is my point is my point is my million point is dollar baby did not win screenplay either screenplay oh. picture <laughs> screenplay picture line up a lot and we're talking one time in the last 18 years where they didn't line up so uh, I'm going with everything everywhere all at once even though my preference would be for Martin McDonough to finally win an Oscar or honestly any of these five because these are five great movies TJ what are you thinking uh, I think Everything Everywhere wins as well. Um, much like last year when Drive My Car lost screenplay to Coda, um, people will look back and be like, That's tough. Uh, Tar is by far the best written film here. I mean, it's extremely You're dense probably right, yeah. yeah and working so. on a lot of levels and very lived in. And um, But hey. Uh, I mean, put it, put it this way. Todd Field, you know, he has been working much as a filmmaker in the last few years, but like according to interviews, he's writing all the time, like all the time. He's always writing scripts. And like, this is one that someone said, we're making that. Okay. And that's why it's his he, first movie in however many years for a while was attached to doing a blood Meridian adaptation. Ooh. I would give like a limb to see the Todd, <laughs> the Todd field blood Meridian movie. I'm uh, I, I second your opinion about tar. Um, I'm not, going with everything everywhere all at once and this is a decision that i personally might waffle on in the days before the oscars but right now i'm sticking to leave the consensus i'm sticking with the banshees of inishirin um i think i know it goes against what i was saying earlier everything everywhere all at once i know is gaining a lot of steam down the the stretch but uh i think i think they want to give it to me i think they want to give it to martin mcdonough here okay uh, Ken, tell us about actor in a leading role. I'm actually going to go with Brendan Fraser. I think Butler may have the edge, although uh, he did not win SAG. So it's kind of those two have been kind of neck and neck this entire uh, award season. I'm going to go with Fraser. I think every time he gets on stage, 
he just wins wins everybody over. Um, and Butler, I think the biggest takeaway is that the guy's still talking like Elvis. Uh, if I'm being honest, I think that's everyone's <laughs> takeaway from all of these uh, appearances and speeches. And, and maybe that's how he actually talks. Like, do you remember when Christoph Waltz gave speeches and people were like, "Oh, he actually talks like that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we, that's the thing. We all know he doesn't. <laughs> oh. He they they because they've commented on the fact that he's still talking like Elvis because he had to get into the role and he is method. So but he lived as Elvis. Uh, I'm going with Austin Butler. I think they love and cannot get enough of people playing real people, especially when they're musicians from a bygone era. I think for Mr. Butler, it's going to be a snow job. Uh, I think it's really dumb to break away from SAG just because uh, of all the precursor awards for the Oscars, SAG has the greatest overlap in voting bodies with the Academy. However, I am also going with Austin Butler. And here's my rationale. Oh, my rationale for breaking away from SAG is kind of a flimsy rationale, but I'll say this. SAG and Best Actor has missed twice in the last six years. Uh, They missed Chadwick Boseman and Anthony Hopkins, and they missed uh, Denzel Washington and Casey Affleck for Fences in Manchester by the Sea. And so, like, they get it right when there's a consensus, but when there's, like, not quite consensus. It seems SAG has recently gotten it wrong. Granted, they got a red main over Michael Keaton for Birdman and Theory of Everything, but again, it's a flimsy rationale. But God, the rationale I hate I'm going with remembering that that happened. I know. Me too. <laughs> me too. Me too. Me too. Um, the other thing though is like, TJ, like you said, he's playing a real person, which uh, in recent history has been the enormous uh, barometer for success in both actor and actress. See Judy. See Bohemian Rhapsody. See Darkest Hour. See Richard really uh yeah yeah I mean so playing a real person is a, a, a big deal and also like I think Austin Buster is also great in this like he's really really great in this um playing Elvis is is there a more impersonated or caricatured figure in American pop culture history than Elvis Presley and oh. like everyone has an Elvis impression and the fact that like Butler to me never feels like an impression or like an impersonation. I think he is actually like playing a character here. And like, I think it's really great work in a movie that I don't actually like very much. And uh, last rationale is um, I feel like best actor lines up with, with a uh, best picture nominee so often. And the whale's not nominated for best picture and Elvis is. So Austin Butler, Elvis Presley. Unfortunately, Elvis. that, that, that point is a, is a fair one to make. Uh, Glenn Close will tell you. Yep. Yes, she will. Um, all right. Speaking of, Glenn Close, actress in a leading role, an award she's never won. Uh, don't, but, oh, don't say it like that. But Glenn has come close. So the nominees are <laughs> Carte Blanche for Tar, Ana de Armas. That was a 22 Jump Street joke. Come on. Ana de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams in The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. I am going to put my faith in thinking that they'll do what's right and select the towering all-timer of a performance that Kate Blanchett gives in Tar. Um, it really is insanely good. Like, it really is. almost Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood level. I was good. actually going to make that comparison. Um, I realize that makes me going three out of four against SAG, but... Um, you know, Kate Blanchett might be the best act. She's probably the best actress currently living. And I think yeah. she needs to be in the conversation for best all around thespian currently living. Um, I will say that much like uh, SAG best actor recently missing a few times, only two out of four in the last four years. They've missed twice in the last four years in actress. So, you know, maybe SAG best actress has is, is lost their fastball. I don't know. Ken? Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm getting email blasts and phone calls. Uh, I'm getting a lot of pressure to go with Andrea Riseborough here, but I'm going to rise above that <laughs> and I'm going to stick with Kate Blanchett. Um, for every, every reason that TJ just said, I too think she's the best living actress we've got. And I, I want to see her win a third Oscar. And if there's anyone this year who deserves to be applauded, for a single performance, I think it's Kate Blanchett. 
this is among the toughest calls of the night for me. I agree, TJ, that Kate Blanchett is it's a towering, towering performance as Lydia Tarr. Um, to the point that like Kate Blanchett's an enormously famous person. And like when I watch Tar, I don't really see Kate Blanchett, which I think is a real testament to her, her performance. And, and, also, and she like, like is the movie. Like yes. it's just right. you know, yeah. And also the fact that a non-zero number of people thought, actually thought Lydia Tarr is a real person and this was an actual biopic, I think speaks to both the writing and mostly yeah. Blanchett's performance. That can only help Kate if voters think she's a real person. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, no kidding. That's true. Yeah. Um even so she, hold on real quick. She also with her like I broke for Kate big time before this movie even and was like, she should already have like four or five Oscars. She should have won as Bob she Dylan. Has two. And she then has two. and all the reviews came out being like, this is her best performance. And I was like, well, I'm excited to see this movie, but bullshit, there's no way it's better than XYZ. This might be her best performance. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen all of her work, but I would not be surprised. Uh, this is towering. Uh, that said, for a, a few reasons, I'm going with Michelle Yeoh. Maybe against my better judgment. Uh, number one, not to contradict myself, uh, she just won the SAG Award. And even though they've missed two of the last four, uh, I think that still means something. Number two, uh, Kate Blanchett already has, already has two Oscars. And Michelle Yeoh is probably overdue for an Oscar. So that's some calculation that I'm factoring in with, here. W- for which with performances due, I was going to say, with due respect. I like Michelle Yeoh a lot. I really do. I'd like to see her in far more things, and I'm glad she's had a bit of a resurgence thanks to Crazy Rich Asians a few years ago. But I don't know how to answer the the question, what should Michelle Yeoh have been awarded for? What, uh, what performance? Cards on the table. Cards on the table. This is the first thing I've ever seen her in anything. So, like, I'm not the person to ask. I've just. But you just said. But you just said. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Right. I no, mean. I'm just saying. Like, I'm <laughs> just saying. Some people may think that Michelle Yeoh is due, is due an Oscar. Therefore, they will vote for her. Like, it's not. Okay. It's not me saying I'll vote for her. I'm just saying that there are people who might vote mm-hmm. for her. Okay. Um. Uh. And also. Uh. Thirdly, I think that. Um. Uh. Everything everywhere everywhere all at once might have a big night. And might you know win some category like that's why I'm picking it in, in screenplay even though the money was on the house money was on Banshees for a minute, um so yeah I'm just gonna uh, even before she won the SAG she was already my pick to win because I think that Ban- uh, everything everywhere will rally and win some things that wasn't favored to win but uh, after the SAG awards Michelle Yeoh is actually the slight 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 Vegas favorite over Kate Blanchett, um but we'll see we'll see it depends on how. How strong I don't feel predi- good about this pick. Yeah, how, how strong of a predictor pick. is the SAG award? Because Blanchett won literally everything else. It's also been a minute since a Best Picture winner has like won a lot of Oscars. We've had Best Pictures winning three, four Oscars, and that's it for the last few years. It's Correct. probably been since... But the Dirt Locker won six was the biggest. I mean, Slumdog the year before won eight. Mm-hmm. I think Shape of Water won four. Four, three or four? Is is everything everywhere all at once that type of movie though? Because we're that's I, what that's what I'm saying is like yeah. you know, I, I'm, it, it might only win for picture screenplay and, and supporting actor, and that that could be it. I don't know, hard to say. Or the next category we're about to talk about. Take us there. That's a great transition. Take us there. Is this me for a director? Yeah. All right, best director. Uh, I also don't have them in front of me, so TJ, if you wouldn't mind reading them off for me. Martin McDonough for the Banshees of Inisherin. It's the only accent I'm going to do because this could get uncomfortable really quickly. <laughs> Ireland. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once. That's Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Steven Spielberg for the Fablemans. Todd Field for Tar. And Ruben Ostlund for Triangle of Sadness. If you'd asked me a month ago, I would have said picture and director are going to split between everything, everywhere, all at once and Steven Spielberg for the Fablemans. Um... Which wouldn't be that weird. Like picture director splits have kind of been like the the order of the order of the day for the new academy. I think uh Nomadland kept them the same, Parasite kept them the same, but other than that, I think it's split a lot the last few years. I guess Shape of Water also won both. It's been splitting more often than it has historically in the last few years. I guess I'll just say that. Uh so th- again, that's what I would have said a month ago. But uh then the Daniels won the goddamn DGA award for best director and uh, I think only eight times in like the 70-something year history of the DGAs has the DGAs and the Oscars split. However, 
against my better judgment and against the overwhelming Vegas odds, I'm still going to go with Steven Spielberg. Wow. The Fableman's wow. best director, which is not a good idea, but I'm going to do it anyway. Mm. And also, I will say that one of the times that the DGA split from the Oscar was to award Steven Spielberg his first DGA award for The Color Purple. And then he did not even get nominated at the Oscars, and Sidney Pollock won for Out of Africa that year. Going, going so. against, I feel like going against the DGA is one of those, uh, well, I was going to say one of those unwritten rules about predicting the Oscars that you just have to live by. And but yet, Sam Mendes, Sam Mendes and Bong Joon-ho. It's not a bad bet to vote or predict the director to be someone other than uh, the director of the Best Picture winner. Um, because that has been more frequent than than you'd be than you'd have thought. Uh, compared to it happened twice. The Daniels won the DGA, and everything everywhere is the heavy favorite to win Best Picture, though. So I'm an idiot for picking Spielberg, but I'm still picking Spielberg. Who do you got, Ken? I'm going with the Daniels because I've just yeah because no shit. I never go against DGA, um, even if they get it. You know what? If I'm going to get it, if they're going to get it wrong, I'll get it wrong. It's just. And them coming in and winning that was the biggest crime since the film Malcolm X. Ha 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 That's a joke about their... Daniel Scheinert's... Inability to pas, understand guess, film history. Closet? Yeah. Um, I don't al- think it's that bad of a faux pas. I don't think so. I'm also going to go with them. Um, again, years and years from now, pages can be written about the directing of Todd Field and Tar. But uh, really an incredibly movie, honestly, like, David Fincher it's, lost it's for Social Network, Terrence Malick lost for Tree of Life and Todd Field will lose for Tar. Yeah, but who did who did Terrence Malick lose to for Tree of Life? I mean, the all all time Michelle Azanavishu, whose yeah. later output really proved that. Oh, wait, no, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. um, also, Tom Hooper, Academy Award winner, Tom oh my Hooper. God. Uh-huh. He beat David Fincher and then made Cats. Yeah. <laughs> that's just something that happened ron howard beat david lynch (laughs) kevin costner over martin scorsese so that's my choice uh kenny last one or if you're steven soderbergh third to last one go (laughs) ah well i i what do you think i think we've been we've been dancing around it right it's everything everywhere all at once is my prediction to win um yeah i i've got nothing else to say We've been talking about it all night. It's it's running away with this at this point. Uh, I agree. Um, I think there's one film nominated that's a great film, and that's Tar. But it will You're not win. Crazy. There's a really there's some great movies in this in this batch here. There's a lot. Really there's there's a few decent movies. Two movies I haven't seen. A lot of garbage and one great film. What's the garbage? Do you really want to start this now? Yes, I do. Uh, Everything, everywhere, all at once is garbage. Shut the hell up! Rusty, the Fablemans. The Fablemans is garbage. Elvis is garbage. How can you dislike both of those? I feel like you have to like one or the other, or both, like me, because they're both awesome. Um, yeah, those are the garbage ones. Um, you're... Top Gun Maverick is almost garbage. It's not quite garbage, but it's almost garbage. Top Gun uh, Maverick is honestly among garbage. the five best movies I saw last year. Did you Absolutely. see five movies last year? I saw only five. five okay, okay. <laughs> I saw all the best picture nominees. How about that? You haven't. So... I have not. I have not. I have. I'm in flyover country where they don't play women talking. <laughs> 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 or or women are talking, as yeah. Mark Wahlberg said in the second words last night. Women um, are talking. They do be talking. Yeah, in fact, out here, we didn't even get Avatar. Still waiting for Avatar. <laughs> <sighs> Speaking of garbage, and Elvis. How, I'm sorry, between Elvis and Avatar, those two are the yeah. ones. Elvis is one here? that I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't care for very much. Why do people like Baz Luhrmann movies this much? I we're gonna have to get into that. When Apparently, we from what from what I hear, the older Academy members in particular are eating up Elvis. They are loving it. Like the Academy screenings are well attended and well received. My students right now are loving the Great Gatsby, Boslerman Great Gatsby, and not just as like a snobby English teacher, you know, being like, "Oh, the movie's not as good as the book." Like it's a pretty ridiculous movie. Yes, like it. it he looks like somebody took book. like somebody really didn't take their Ritalin and then like made that movie. Um, and I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But uh, there's a big, big fan base out there for sure. I will say Elvis was better than I thought. I was like, this is going to be like 
a one star movie and it was it was better but it's my not very take good. is the first like 20 minutes are really really good and the next two hours are not but austin butler's great made a lot of money um, though it did a snow i watched job. i i when i was laid up in, on bed rest recovering from surgery i rewatched elvis and why would you do that to yourself I, I well i was a good i was a good ways into it and i thought you know what this is actually better than i remember this actually isn't that bad and then I checked the time, and I still had an hour and a half left. <laughs> it was, it was uh, like I said, I really enjoyed the first twenty minutes a lot, and then I do not enjoy. The Let's also time. be clear, Josh, you were on medication at the time. I assume I was on oxycodone. So watched just like Elvis. Hey, I also rewatched Top Gun in such a state, and mm. I'll tell you what, Top still Gun, plays, man. Did you cry? Did you cry? I did not cry. No. Top Gun kids. Uh, I, I, I did tell you. The, I did tell you guys though. I did tell you guys though um, over text that I rewatched Return of the King yeah. very yes. early in my recovery, it, like mm-hmm. when I was still in a lot of pain and a mm-hmm. lot of painkillers, and I straight up bawled four times in the last hour. And I'm not really a baller. Well, I'm a baller, but not like a B A W L. Let me guess. Is it the King Theoden speech of the Right of the Rohirrim? No. <sighs> What the hell? Did you even watch it? Aragorn for Frodo, and then he runs into the thing. Uh, yes, that part for sure. Sam yes. and Frodo's like kind of gay thing about the strawberries on the side of the mountain. No, maybe. Yes, okay. maybe. Well, that's also the same scene. That's uh, I can't carry it, but I can carry you. Yeah, and uh, then when they shit, and then when they leave for the um, distant yeah, shores. Just, yeah. Yeah. But distant I just want to say though, like I'm usually like I, I I cry at movies a lot. I'm not embarrassed to say, but I'm usually like a like a eyes watering yes. maybe like a single tear kind, kind of a misty worst, yeah i was sobbing i was gasping mm. for air watching for the last hour of return of the king because my body had been through trauma recently uh-huh. and i guess that must have explained it that's neither here nor there uh, i'm also going with everything ever all ones to win best picture because it won the pga it won the dga it won the sag ensemble uh it's probably gonna win the writer's guild i assume when that happens but um and then uh, tj never will be crying Never bet against the guilds. That's what you learn in Oscar predictions, even though all of us bet against the guilds in some capacity, in some categories. Um, I think the last movie to win the DGA, the PGA, and the SAG Ensemble and not win Best Picture would be Apollo 13. That's right. 28 years ago, something like that. And so, what beat um, it, TJ? Uh, Braveheart. <laughs> Braveheart. Yes. Directed by and starring which to, be, um, to its credit braveheart by the way looking at the predictors that year braveheart only won best picture at the oscars and the original w the, the wga for original screenplay other than apollo 13 the next favorite would have been sense and sensibility from emma thompson and ang lee wow uh yeah so everything everywhere all at once uh all signs point to that it's gonna I'm pr- I'm almost positive it's going to win. Uh, I'm very very certain it's going to win. Uh, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, uh, real quick, let me take a peek at the uh, the Vegas odds because I think it was. Uh, <laughs> what's your guys' guess for what's running in second and third? By the way, heavy heavy favorite in Vegas. Everything everywhere all once. What do you think is running in second and third? Banshees is still one of the top three. And all quiet on the Western Front. All quiet on the Western Front is currently running in second, probably because it cleaned up the Baftas. And Banshees is running in third. I was very happy to see the Ruben Oslin Best Director nomination, but it's kind of shocking yeah. there was no Edward Berger nomination, just given how much they seem to have yeah. loved All Quiet on I the agree. Western Front. And then I it's agree. a very technical movie, so it's a movie that like the the effort of the muscular directing is on the screen. At the same time, All Quiet feels like it, its presence here kind of feels like a nod to you know across the pond because. They just ate that movie up. It won the BAFTA for Best Picture and Best Director. Yeah. BAFTA went for All Quiet in a big way. I think it had the most nominations of any film. It did. It did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of a, that's, it's that film this year. I don't think the Oscars are necessarily lining up BAFTA. No, I I think its presence here is just kind of a, yeah, we're on board with it being one of the best of the year kind of thing. Again, a month ago, I think Best Picture was a three-horse race between Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, and Banshees of Inisherin. And now, The Vegas Odds? Number one, with a bullet, Everything Everywhere All at Once, that's like heavy, heavy favorite, minus 1250. Uh, second place, All Quiet on the Western Front. Third place, Banshees of Inisherin. Fourth place, Top Gun Top Maverick. Maverick. Yeah, that's... And uh, a distant fifth, a distant fifth is The Fablemans. 
Like we're talking Top Gun Mavericks plus 1600, which is like extremely long odds. It's not going to win. But Fableman's is plus 3300. Yeah. It's got like I mean, twice the, twice as long as odds. This is well this is what it tells you when there's when there's a year where you need you need you need some kind of like um pooling, you need some kind of direction or guide. I mean the Fableman's was the favorite before Christmas. Going into the holidays yeah. and into the, the, the end of the 2022, Fableman's was the favorite. Spielberg was the favorite for director. And it looked like he might have some competition from Banshees or maybe everything everywhere all at once. And there was rumors that Top Gun Maverick could surprise. It's, it's surprise. And Elvis even. Um, yeah, and, and Elvis to a degree. But the Fableman's was the default favorite. And to your point, yeah, it uh, it's dropped down. So that's our picks. And yeah. just realize it real quick. Is this another one of the circumstances? Fablemans gets a bunch of nominations. None of us have Fablemans winning anything. I've winning best director. T- can oh yeah, you have it. That's right. You have it winning. You have Spielberg winning still. That's also a really dumb thing. I mean, I guess. I guess last year, or yeah, last year, Power of the Dog won best director and nothing else. So there is some precedent there. But like, it's not a good idea for for me to pick Spielberg and nothing else. But. Here I, I am. I like it. Stick and you're doing out. it. You're doing it. It's recorded, saved in the Library of Congress. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm i like the chutzpah involved here. How are we feeling? How, what, what's your prediction for how many you're going to get right, TJ? Uh, 16. Is he, you know, 23, 23? 16. That was what I got last year. Well, I'm going to go through it real quick. Uh, Ken, you think of how many you're going to miss too? My over-under, I think, is uh, this year... I'll be pleased if I if I get hit 14. I'm a ways off. The, I was really comfortable the year I hit 21, and I'm not feeling that this year. So I will tell you, though, you'll have to fill it in for me because I'm not watching. I'm on spring break, and I will be watching things from my list that I've been dying to watch. I don't believe you. Yeah. I will not, I don't I'm, believe not watch, you. I'm not watching. I'm not watching. I don't believe you. I'm done. I don't believe you. That's You're okay. going to miss Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, no. <laughs> Not Your more Matt guy. Damon jokes. No, 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 at least it's not James Corden. Uh, it's it's okay. Um, TJ, you're going to be hanging out with Will Smith, I assume. Yes, we've both yeah, been banned. Yeah, Will Smith both. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we've uh, we've got our predictions, and uh, we'll be back with a normal episode next week, right, Josh? Well, we'll see. We'll see how I feel. Yeah, we'll be back next week with our first episode in 2007 series, which is Atonement. Mm, that's right. Mm. A is for Atonement. B is for Babylon. C is for Jane Campion. <laughs> D is for Dog, comma the Power of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, tune in then. Uh, enjoy the Oscars. Uh, we'll see. We'll, or don't. We'll see who among the three of us has the best night and. Uh, Yeah, go Steven Spielberg. (laughs) There you go. All right. Good night. Bye. Talk to you later.